Hello, welcome back. You're listening to episode 80 of Total Need Tips and Pearls. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. So in this episode, um, I want to just kind of welcome in the new PGYs. I want to try um, something today just to try to get you off on the right foot because you know, if you're a new PGY1, um, you're getting thrown up in front of the x-rays at x-ray conference. Uh, and what I've seen over the years is sort of a change in, I don't know if it's the education in medical school or, you know, on the rotations, but um, there's there's the ease now of sending a picture, right? So someone says, what's the x-ray look like? What's the fracture look like? And it's very simple to snap a picture and text it to them. And what I've seen is people have lost the ability to verbalize what the x-rays show. Um, so even though everybody's sitting in front of the screen or you can send them the picture, it still is good to get into the habit of being able to use words to describe the x-rays. Um, and it also helps paint a picture and it helps, you know, in a lot of instances, if you then know the classifications, helps dictate the treatment or the potential risks of failure of certain treatments and things like that. So I do think it's really, really important to understand that. Um, and I, I think um, I may, I'll put this on the to-do list to do this in a YouTube format. It may be good to go over some x-rays and go over them that way because um, I just finished a, a YouTube video for patients which went over x-rays, specifically knee arthritis, just to show them the continuum of this is a normal knee. You know, this is mildly arthritic, moderately arthritic, severely arthritic, varus, valgus. You know, those are the different things because you can explain to someone they have arthritis, but if you don't have a series of other x-rays to compare it to, it doesn't always make a lot of sense to them. So um, without further ado, um, when you get up there, uh, and there's an importance to this, and I'm going to talk obviously mainly about, you know, knee arthritis, um, we'll throw in some hip arthritis, and I'll throw in some little tips and pearls on fractures. I mean, I could probably make an episode on, you know, every joint and the fractures and things, but a lot of the tenets hold true. So when you get up to talk, for starters, describe the views. And again, if you don't think of these as this, you know, BS thing that you have to go through these steps, but, but also when when we are dictating a note, um, whether or not you have a private office and you're actually billing for the reading of the x-ray or you're putting it into your note or maybe you're submitting for authorization for surgery, you know, having all of this information in there is important. So, so don't think of it just as this like verbal sort of um, minutia that you're going through just for fracture conference, but you're going to use these same words when you document and dictate a progress note, a consult form, you know, a preoperative history and physical. So, you know, for starters, describe the view. So for knee x-rays, I'm seeing patients over 50. We typically get four views, and I'll describe it as we have a weight-bearing AP, a Rosenberg, a lateral, and a merchant view, or maybe you prefer to get a sunrise view. But you describe, okay, these are the views that we have. Well, why is that important? Well, first of all, I'm looking and making sure, are these weight-bearing x-rays? You know, because a AP supine view is not as important, and it explains a different picture. So it also makes sure that you capture that information. And again, you know, one view is no view. So you need at least an AP and a lateral, but you can even comment, you know, on, you know, AP and an attempted lateral, you know, so it gave you more of an oblique. So your ability to comment on what you see may be limited because you've described that that x-ray is suboptimal. In a perfect setting, the tech would have realized it and reshot it, or the tech would have sent it to the radiologist who would have said that's inadequate, go back and reshoot it. 
in the reality, they're going to wind up in your office with a suboptimal x-ray more often than you'd like. Um, so you want to make sure that those are the things. Now, if you're looking at you know a hip, same thing. You might say, I have a weight-bearing AP of the pelvis. You uh, might say, it's more of an inlet view or an outlet view. Well, you know, again, cues you into some other issue. Was that the view or is that some pelvic change due to some lumbosacral issue? You know, and then I might have an AP in lateral of the hip. Well, is the lateral a frog leg? Is the lateral a cross table? So I'm being very specific, um, but it's letting you know. I mean, if you're looking at a pelvis or you're looking at Judeavius, you know, if you're looking at a shoulder, you know, did you get an axillary? Did you get a velpu? Did you get a, you know, scapular Y? Or was it just the, you know, the X-ray urgent care AP internal external rotation view? So all of those things are important. You know, weight-bearing joints, the foot, you know, if you're looking at a Liz Frank, the ankle. You know, if you're looking for a syndesmotic disruption or ankle stability or ankle arthritis, you know, got to be weight-bearing. Even an ankle injury, you know, do you, does it include a tib-fib? Can you see the proximal fibula? So all of these things are things that you're speaking to the audience or your upper-level residents or your attendings, um, but it's also making your brain think, what are these things that I have to be thinking about and looking at? Now, again, the next thing for my world isn't really a big deal because I see patients that are older, but, you know, always it was a good habit in the beginning if you're looking at, you know, an x-ray um, at fracture conference, you know, this is a skeletally mature or skeletally immature individual. You may not know the age. They may not have given you the information they said here and just describe these x-rays, but you can make the comment on, you see that the physes are still open. That's an important part of it. Um, the next thing, which again, you may gloss over, but you need to put it into your brain as part of the algorithm is look at the soft tissue. You know, you might look at the soft tissue, it looks fine. So you just skipping up and soft tissues look fine. And you can comment, it's a good thing, and soft tissues look normal. Uh, but you might say, you know, there's a foreign body, there's a mass, um, there's air in the soft tissue. Uh, the, this patient is of large body habitus based on the, you know, the soft tissue envelope that you can see. Those are just all important things to incorporate. And notice we haven't even gotten into actually looking at the bones. But if you remember back to medical school, and you probably did a medicine rotation, they talked about the you know, chest x-ray, you know, you had to talk first, you know, was it a good inspiratory effort? You know, can you see the cardiac silhouette? You know, you went through an, in an algorithm of, you know, look at the bones, look at the lung, look at the parenchyma, look at the heart, look at the diaphragm. And if you go through all of those things, you may not have to comment on it if it is normal and it's not bearing on the particular issue at hand. But if you have that algorithm in your head, you won't miss it when something is there and abnormal. You won't fixate on the intertroch fracture and miss the other huge mass on the other side of the pelvis um, that was a tumor. So you can't you can't become that single-tracked mind and become tunnel vision. So, you know, we've gone through, describe the views that you have. Are they skeletally mature, immature? Is there soft tissue changes? And then for the knee, you know, specifically when we're talking about the knee, you know, we're looking at neutral alignment, varus alignment, valgus alignment, referring to the joint spaces. And it's always good to, to kind of describe, you know, where the joint space is narrowed. Is it narrowed medially, laterally, you know, bicompartmentally, femoral, tibially, patellofemoral? Is there, you know, is there lateral tilt? And again, this is even important for, you know, sports stuff too. There might not be arthritis, but, you know, is there lateral tilt? Is there lateral subluxation? You know, is the trochlea dysplastic? You know, all of those little things. In the arthritic world, we're also discussing, you know, osteophytes and subchondral cystic changes and sclerosis because you may not worry about it now, but when you get out into practice, you know, having the verbiage of severe arthritis and osteophytic changes 
are those silly buzzwords that somebody at the insurance company, the three-ring binder, checks a box to say, oh, there's proof or knee replacement. Um, so it's important to have all that. Do they have retained hardware? Are their changes consistent with old removed hardware? You know, did they have an old, you know, HTO? And then do they have a Patella Baja? Do they have a Patella Alta? So again, you're making all of these comments to explain to the viewer what they're seeing. You know, on the hip, you know, it's, it's similar. So if we're looking at the hip x-ray, again, you've gone through describing the views and the soft tissue and, you know, skeletal immature, but, you know, is it a good AP? You know, is there pelvic tilt? What is the um, what is the appearance of the visualized segments of the lower lumbar spine? You know, can you see degenerative disc disease? Can you see a scoliosis? You know, do they have acetabular dysplasia? Do they have a petrusio? If you do have a good AP, you might be able to comment, you know, on what's the version? Is there a crossover sign? Is there a lot of offset, a little bit of offset? Do they have a valgus neck shaft angle, varus neck shaft angle? You know, are there changes in calcifications of the trochanter consistent with old trochanteric bursitis or gluteal tendinopathy? And then, you know, joint spaces, normal joint space, you know, mild, moderate, severe joint space, narrowing, osteophyte, subchondral cystic changes. Um, so those are all things that you want to use as those verbiage as opposed to going, you know, as a 76-year-old person, they got they bad arthritis. <laughs> You know, that's what we get sometimes and is uh, they have, uh, you know, they have a fracture of their, their hip. <laughs> okay, where and what kind? So, you know, if we're talking about hip fractures, and again, it's good to know your classifications, but again, describing, um, and this is a good one to kind of, you know, keep in mind too. I mean, go back if you haven't listened to my other, you know, lectures, like the garden classification, the POWs classification. If you're looking at femoral necks, you know, you don't need to start with the classification. It's great if you can, but it's good to kind of go through and describe. They have a complete, incomplete fracture. It's displaced. It's non-displaced. You know, it's vertical. You know, this is the degree angle. Um, and also intertroch, subtroch. Is it reverse obliquity? Is it subtrochanteric extension? You know, describing all of those things. But again, you need more than one views because it may look aligned on the AP and then notoriously, lo and behold, you get the lateral and there's 100% displacement. So having all of those views in front of you allows you to give an accurate description of what you're looking at. Now, let's talk about joints, you know, briefly. So if you're talking about the wrist, you're talking about the tibia plateau, the tibial plafond. You know, if you're talking about joint fractures, you know, then you're describing, you know, this is a fracture of, you know, the distal radius. It is extra-articular or is it intra-articular? You know, and then describing the common findings, you know, is it transverse? Is it oblique? You know, is there a forearm fracture? Is there a spiral? Is it comminuted? Is there a butterfly fragment? Is it a skeletally immature patient? Is it a green stick fracture? Is it a torus fracture? You know, so get in the habit of using all of those words. And if you're not used to it, you're not comfortable, you know, get a bunch of x-rays and, you know, just practice describing them out loud. You know, it sounds silly, but, you know, you can look at it and have an idea of what you think you see. But if you actually try to speak it or write it down, it really gives you an idea of where your brain is going. And it's going to help you if you kind of, you know, make a little cheat sheet of what works well for you, you know, what order of, you know, sequence do you look at things? It's going to help you remember, I go through this algorithm every time. And again, you can kind of gloss over when you get a 70 year old with a hip fracture that she's skeletally mature, you know, you could skip over that. No one's going to say anything. But if you have that in your thought process, you know, when you see the skeletally immature open physeal patient, you do make a comment on it. So that becomes really, really important. Um, 
So it's a bunch of information. What I think I'll try to do is, um, on, on my to-do list, what I'll try to do is go through you know, a series of x-rays. Um, I'll find some shoulder and some elbow and some wrist and some ankle and some you know, foot and knee and, and hip. And then at least, you know, going through to show you one or two examples of, you know, this is an x-ray and this is how I would describe it in fracture conference. Um, and again, you might have some tendings that are like, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night. They just like send me the picture, <laughs> you know, do I have to come in or not tonight? You know, are we going to operate on it tomorrow or not? Um, so, you know, pick and choose wisely, but in the formal setting of fracture conference, you know, making sure that you go through these algorithms um, to make sure that you can speak the language. Um, and then, you know, what you're talking about, you can paint a picture and it's going to help you understand what you're actually looking at. And then again, if you understand the classifications and the treatments, a lot of times how you describe the fracture, um, is going to help you dictate what treatments, you know, there may be, especially when it comes down to certain fractures and angulations of deformity, you know, or millimeters of step off at the articular surface, you know, based on the x-rays, that's going to really help you define whether or not you can treat this patient non-operatively or whether or not they should be treated operatively. So uh, beginning of the year, I thought it was kind of a good one to just get started on um, and just give you some some information and feedback that's going to help you at Fracture Conference. But, you know, keep reading uh, and keep listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. And if you have some new PGYs that aren't um, aware of the podcast, uh, please uh, refer them on so they can listen too. And I will uh, speak to you next time. And in the meantime, stay safe. You've been listening to Total Knee Tips and Pearls. I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.